everybody, and welcome to another Slasher Sanitarium. We are talking about episode two of Interview with the Vampire. This episode is entitled, After the Phantoms of Your Former Self. Episode two begins with Daniel looking at a painting. Rashid walks up and says the painting is Venetian, and it is a painting of Marius de Romanus. Those who have seen Queen of the Damned or read the book series are currently very giddy at the mention of Marius. We're not going to get into him, because depending on how long this series goes and how many books this covers, there's a good chance that we'll see him in a future season. Daniel hears a creaking sound, and Rashid says that the building is designed to sway, and they call it the groan. Daniel asks about Rashid's past, and he simply says, I serve a god. Daniel is instructed to sit and enjoy his meal, and is told Louis will join him at Course 7. Which, of course, Daniel's like, Course 7? How many courses are there going to be? Two men arrive and serve Daniel, and then they lay down some shrink wrap and get a glass of blood prepared for Louis. Louis arrives and apologizes for his outburst earlier, trying to show that he is a changed and more civilized person. Louis follows Lestat through the graveyard, and he is having chest pains. Lestat tells him he feels like he is dying because he is. Lestat wheels the bodies to a grave and deposits them inside. Louis tries to bite one of the bodies, and Lestat tells him that they live on the blood of the living. Feeding on the dead can make them drag you down with them. Make sure you keep that in the back of your mind for later. Louis completes his transformation and begins to laugh at how clearly he can see now. His eyes have also changed. Uh, they are a little bit more predator-like, a little bit more golden than they were before. Louis and Lestat walk down Storyville, and Lestat tells him that he needs to focus on him since there are many things that will distract him now. Louis keeps looking around and hearing different things and seeing different sights, and of course, looking at people like he wants to eat them. Lestat says he has the power to take anyone he wants, but sometimes restraint is your most powerful weapon. Louis wants to eat a sailor, but Lestat tells him that he will spend all night trying to get that sailor away from the rest of his crew, and those guys are probably going to come looking for him if he doesn't come back. He shows him a traveling salesman at the bar. Sometimes it's best to let the food come to you. Louis keeps looking at the sailor while he and uh, Lestat are talking to the traveling salesman. He talks about his daughter and says that he sells tractors, and that if he does good, he'll be able to buy her a pet pony. Louis and Lestat take the salesman back to his place. Once there, the man gets a little nervous, and he sees Lestat still has blood on his sleeve, and Lestat tells Louis, anytime you want, and before you can even get the sentence off, Louis bites the man, but he gets shrugged off. Lestat then stops the man from leaving, and Louis jumps on him again. Lestat watches as Louis tries to feed on him. He tells Louis, you don't bite the blood, you suck it. Lestat rolls up the man on a carpet, and Louis says that he has to go home. Lestat tells him he needs to stay, and they have all the money they need, so it's not like Louis needs to go and collect all the payments or anything like that. Louis shoves him back, and he leaves. So this is... The first time that Louis has killed, obviously, obviously the stat's been providing him with food up until this point, and you get to see sort of the ferocity that Louis can have in 
he killed this guy knowing very well that the guy is a father and it obviously was a matter of convenience if i remember correctly the stat in the books was more along the lines of i he reads people's minds to find if they are good or bad people and tries to only kill bad people but this guy unless we just weren't privy to any of that this guy seems like a perfectly normal guy and a perfectly good guy so uh, other than the fact that he was hanging out in our house, of course. So, I don't know. I guess maybe we're going to change that aspect of it, or maybe some point in time, Lestat will say, like, oh, he, you know, ran over somebody and killed him, or something like that. But, eh, either way. We do get to see, though, why Lestat tells Louis he can't leave, because it is the middle of the day. And Lestat tells him he's going to find it very difficult to go home. Louis walks down the street and, of course, starts to burn. A man asks him what is wrong, and Louis grabs a bottle of milk from his hand and pours it out for himself. He runs back to Lestat, who lets him in, and says sorry for not telling him that the sun gives life to everything except for them. He takes Louis to another room where a coffin sits. Lestat explains to him the arrangement that they have to do, all while he is undressing. He proceeds to get nude and gets into the coffin, and he tells Louis that he can be on top. Ah, I gotta love those double entendres. Also, there's not a lot of room in that, even even if you're just laying on top. Like, they're the, essentially the same size guys, so it's just... Yeah, it's gonna get a little cramped in there for the first time. Louis tells Daniel that Lestat rushed him through so many firsts, like it was something to put behind you. Daniel reminds him that he robbed a daughter of her father, but Louis says that the experience to him was more about him coming out and about him experiencing everything for the first time. He doesn't seem to put a lot of emphasis on the uh, salesman and more about the experiences that he's having with that, the becoming a vampire, becoming an out gay man. He's not out to everybody else, but he's, you know, He's getting there. And, you know, obviously the being with a man and everything that comes with the sort of sexuality of biting another man's neck in, in order to, to feast on him. Louis is giving, given a platter that is kicking around, and it is opened up to show that there is a fox still alive on it. He asks if you contemplate the life of the rabbit or just make the cut and he proceeds to bite into the fox. He says that vampires are hunters, and they yearn to be the end of somebody's life. Louis says Daniel was right with the line of questioning. He was haunted by the salesman's death, and he didn't take to killing so quickly. So this is a nice way for them to show that Louis has changed, because what we started here was the line of questioning that Daniel gave him about you know the salesman. Louis... Put, rushed past it and brushed through it, just like he had, had talked about doing in the first interview. And this time he actually stops and, and admits that, like, yes, I did have a problem killing people. Yes, I was haunted by the salesman death. And it's going to be something that's going to take a little bit of getting used to. Louis and Lestat drive up to Finn. And Louis is far nicer to him this time, saying that if he needs a doctor, they will help him pay for the, uh, his arm to get fixed up. One of the prostitutes pulls out a ditty at Lestat, and he makes eyes at her. 
Finn asks if he can manage the new game that Louis is setting up. Louis says he'll think on it. As the man leaves, the stat says that Finn is lying. He just wants to steal from him. Not enough for Louis to notice, of course, but just charging a little bit more for the drinks and a little bit more for the food. And pocketing the rest. Louis asks him how long he's going to sit on the information that vampires can breed minds. And the stat says every human's thoughts boil down to three things. I want food, I want sex, or I want to go home. And in order to emphasize this, Louis reads a panhandler's mind, who says to himself that he hasn't eaten in almost two days, which of course would cover the I want food. A woman passes by and says in her mind, it's not cheating if it's with a woman because I can't get pregnant. Lestat laughs and says, I want six. Another man says he wants to ditch this town and go somewhere. And Louis is about to kind of go, ah, that wasn't about going home. But then the man says, or maybe I'll just go back home. Louis says he just saw that man's home in his mind. And Lestat says he cannot read Louis' mind anymore because they want to be humbled a bit. So, they can read normal people's minds, but they cannot read each other's minds, which I thought was interesting. They can, however, project their thoughts into each other's minds, which is something that they'll discuss later on about being able to hear other vampires either talking out loud or, you know, through their mind to each other. Lestat and Louis arrive at a party, and Florence greets them. She says that Louis moved a half mile away and hasn't seen him in half a season. Louis reads, Louis reads her mind, and she notes his manicured nails and stylish sunglasses. I don't know if that's a, a sly dig at him being gay, like maybe she knows, or if it's just a matter of, like, he's now fancy. Louis says, without prompting, that he has to wear the sunglasses because he has sensitive eyes. And of course she looks at him in surprise because she didn't say this out loud. He also did get a little dig of, you know, it's also, uh, you know, a half mile from your place to mine. So. Louis visits with his sister and starts hearing more about, uh, he starts to listen and he hears more than one heartbeat. He says that he's going to be made a uncle already. And Grace asks who told him, and Louis says that it's going to be twins. She removes his glasses and sees Louis' changed eyes. She says they are different, but better. Louis hands over a wad of cash. She tries to decline, but Louis says she's going to need it for the twins, which of course prompts her to be like, will you stop? It's only going to be one kid that's going to be enough. But of course, we know better, because we heard three heartbeats. Louis then goes and visits Mr. Carlo, a new business partner. Carlo asks if Louis has his own personal lawyer, and he says no. Mr. Carlo makes a remark about how Louis is the alderman's partner, and then says that the balconies have to be redone since it's going to be a business and not a residential location anymore. Louis says it's only if you call them a balcony. I prefer to call them a fire escape. Mr. Carlo tells him that he is clever. He then throws out some casual racism, because he continues to call him boy, and says the boy has a brain inside his head. Mr. Carlo calls Louis an exceptional Negro. Yeah, Louis at first says, thank you, sir. And as Mr. Carlo leaves, Louis thinks to himself that he's been doing this for so long that he doesn't even realize he's doing it anymore. 
the people being racist towards him and him constantly saying, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. And just letting people do it. But he says that he doesn't have to do that anymore. So Louis follows Mr. Carlo and he has power and decades of rage behind him. So he tackles and kills Mr. Carlo. Which, if you think about the fact that Mr. Carlo is a business partner of an alderman, and he was sent here specifically to talk to Louis, this isn't a good person to kill. Even if he might deserve it. Lestat and him drag the body to a crematorium, and Lestat scolds Louis for killing the alderman's envoy. He asks what the man did, and Louis says that he told him he did a good job which is an oversimplification of what happens, and if he would just tell him, like, what he said, maybe this wouldn't have been such a thing. But Louis says that things are different in America. He points out that he is black, creole, and gay, while Lestat is white, French, and kinda gay? Mostly gay? Lestat corrects him and says that he is not discriminating. Lestat says that this is an important man, and people go looking for him. He calls Louis his fledgling, and Louis says that's starting to sound like you're calling me your slave. We cut to them in caskets, and Louis calls out from one of the caskets saying he does not like to sleep angry. He opens his casket and says that if disrespect was done to him, he would have killed the man himself. He asks what he can do to make it up to him. Louis says that he wants to buy the Fair Play Saloon. Lestat agrees to help him, even though it's mixing human and vampire business. We then cut to Tom Anderson selling Louis the fair play. It appears that Lestat has loaned him the money to do this, and Louis instantly takes over, with, of course, the uh, understanding that Tom is free to come and come anytime he wants. Louis started to pay the women better, the band better, and he helped those that helped him along the way. He changed the name of the bar to the Azalea, and Louis owns the place for the next five years from 1912 to 1917. He made a ton of money, and of course he uses the azalea to find prey, people coming and going that wouldn't be missed. He also was able to pay back Lestat, thanks to the money he made off the azalea. Louis then goes and visits Grace. It's been five years since he has last seen her, which we saw when he said that she was pregnant. She asked if he ever even met her twins, and she already has a third child, Benjamin, in her arms. She is angry that he hasn't shown up in this whole time. Grace hands Benny to Louis, to Louis, sorry. Don't eat that baby, bro. Don't do it. Louis starts to get a little hungry, but Grace returns before he can have a little snack. She brings him a bowl of gumbo, which of course he's not going to eat. The twins wake up crying, and Grace leaves to go take care of it. Louis is again left with the baby, and he lets his fangs come out to play. We cut back over to present time as Louis tells Daniel that he no longer kills. His last victim was in 2000. Daniel says, did you eat that baby? And then asks him if he had an issue with Y2K, and that was why he hasn't killed anyone since then. Louis doesn't bother to answer either of those questions, and instead says he is a master of his own instincts. Daniel asks if there are other vampires that also are masters of their own instincts. And Louis says, most are a slave to the blood. Daniel has two questions. One, did you eat that baby? And two, 
Is the pandemic the opening vampires have been waiting for to take over? This is what I like about the show being set in present time now. Is that you can sort of talk about the fact that you have a bunch of people walking around in masks. So you can have vampires walk around in the dark with masks on and nobody can see their teeth. But also because everybody is holed up in their homes, doesn't seem like it'd be too difficult to just pop right into someone's home, have a little midnight snack and pop back out again. Louis says vampire thoughts can travel for miles and he can hear the other vamps up there preparing for a cup for a coming takeover. Daniel asks again if he ate that baby. A man sits down next to Louis, and he drinks from him. Damek, the man, asks if Daniel likes to buy. He tells him to go to the beach. Louis finishes and lets Damek leave. Damek kind of stumbles around and then falls to the ground. He's not dead. He's fine. He's just woozy. Grace hears Benjamin cry out and runs to find the baby, placed gently on the ground with Louis gone. So no, he did not eat that baby. Louis tells the stat about what happened, and the stat tells him he must stay away. Louis says he is never going to have a family, and the stat says that he is Louis' family. He tells him that he has walked the earth for two centuries and has never found a twin to Louis. There is nobody like him in the world. The stat says they should take a trip to Rome. And Louis questions if he means Rome, Italy, and the stat says, would you prefer Rome, Wisconsin? He tells him that Louis should leave Bricktop in charge of the Azalea, and that while inconvenient, he can get coffins across the ocean. The stat says that they can bring Rome to them instead by going to the opera. Louis yells that he almost ate his nephew, and the stat shows him two suits he had made, and he says he has neglected their relationship. Louis tells Daniel that Lestat shows him, and he felt like he was floating on air whenever he was with him. The fact that, Lou, that Lestat just refuses to engage in Louis' human emotions that he's having, the like guilt over almost eating his nephew, and the fact that he continues to keep going back, kind of shows you how far apart they are as vampires right now, where Lestat is like over all of those like human connections he doesn't really look at them as people. He looks at them more as prey. Whereas Louis obviously still looks at his family as his family. And it's like, Lestat is, I guess, just trying to bulldoze through this and, and get to the point where Louis is going to realize that the only family he has now is Lestat. But obviously, Louis might need a little bit more than that. At the opera, Louis has to pretend to be Lestat's valet because all of his power and his station doesn't extend to the opera. So he has to take his coat for him, walk a pace behind him, and only when the lights are out can he sit next to him. Lestat says the thing he fears above all else, as a vampire, is loneliness. He asks that Louis not take this feeling away from him, and they must stay together and never part. Louis asks how many vampires are out there, and Lestat says maybe a hundred, hundred and one. They watch the play, paying close attention to a female soprano, who apparently Lestat is enraptured with, with how well she can sing. Louis tells us that Lestat loves music. Hmm. I'm sure that will never come up again. So he does still have some human attachments, after all, because he has this undying love for music. Lestat says that there was one thing that threatened their perfect bubble there. 
and that was the male tenor who accompanied the soprano. Lestat is shown fiercely hating this guy. He wonders if the opera is pulling talent from roadside gas stations. He proceeds to prick his finger and marks each time that the tenor doesn't hit one of his notes. Lestat hated the man, but he also hated the crowd for not noticing that the man was not singing perfectly. And the hunt is on. Lestat was going to kill this dude. Louis still doesn't feel good about it since the man was somebody's son, and the worst thing he did was not hit certain notes. Lestat and the man, after they're back at their place, practice the piece that he sang. He continues to play the music on a piano, and every time the man hits the wrong note, Lestat calls him out for it. Lestat keeps showing the man every time, and tells him that he is in, he was in the parlor where this piece of, of music was written. He then stabs a man in the neck. Louis says that Lestat doesn't need to humiliate them. Lestat snaps at him and says, Then kill them swiftly if you must, but you are a killer. Lestat then drains the man while his death comes slowly. Louis reads the man's mind and sees his entire life. They drank from the man all night, but Louis calls himself a botched vampire. He would only eat one human meal a week. They proceed, then, in present time, to eat a dessert that Daniel had mentioned in his book. Daniel says what, or asks what it tastes like to Louis, and he says it tastes like paste. Daniel says the dessert was what he had after he proposed to his first wife. He had it in Paris. He says Alice had a blonde half of her eyebrow, but she always dyed it brown. He liked it when she left it alone. And they finish eating the dessert in silence as the episode ends. I really enjoyed this episode. It was the second episode in the series, and you knew that there was going to be some skips in time. So us skipping through five years of Louis just managing the, uh, the Azalea, not a big deal. And it puts more distance on the family. Like they're they're going to become a, a distant thing pretty soon here. Because eventually we're going to probably leave uh, New Orleans, and we're definitely going to kind of leave them behind timeline wise. I like the fact that we got shown that the stat does have some anger in him. He does have some of these emotions that he continues to pretend that he doesn't have, and we get a little bit more fast-tracked into Louis learning how to be a vampire. He's still not great at it. He's still very sloppy when he kills. He still uh, doesn't like to kill, which obviously we know eventually he stops. But, you know, we've got a good 80 years before he stops killing, so a lot can happen in that time. And there are already some cracks uh, between Louis and Lestat that are starting to show I also thought that Lestat was incredibly funny this episode. He had a lot of little quips. The uh, the casket scene, for one. The telling Louis to suck it was another one. It's just, he, he had a little bit of it the first episode, but it, here you're starting to see a lot more of his personality. And I really enjoy this actor. Like I said, I haven't seen him anything before, but I'm I'm like him. So, uh, really good second episode, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to what uh, episode three has in store. So I'll be back again next week with another one of these, but thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.